You're listening to the 10-Minute Think-Through, a to-the-point conversation about the Bible, theology, and current events. Owen Strachan writes, of all the many cultural shifts the church did not see coming down the pike, and possibly at the top of the list, maybe the growth of singleness. Many churches and Christians handle singleness with grace. Others don't. Not along, if any of these land. Well-meaning older women asking younger women why they're still single. Singles showing up to hang out with a group of friends, only to find out that they're the lone, unattached person amidst a sea of couples, unwittingly the third or fifth or seventh or even ninth wheel. And the pastor is preaching marriage to the skies while seemingly forgetting that roughly 30% of his congregation is, in point of fact, unmarried. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. The article that we're referencing talks about the statistics of um, when people are getting married these days. And in America, it's the highest age that it's ever been. For men, it's 29 uh, as first marriage. And for women, first marriage is 27, which is, I mean, remarkably high. My parents got married at 19. So it's, I mean, that's pretty different. Yeah, it's changing really quickly as well. It's not like it even took us all the way back into the 70s when your parents got married, Jim and Tammy, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> not 70s. In, They'll be so mad at you. Oh, in the 80s? 80s, yeah. Okay. All right. In the 80s. Um, sorry, Tammy. Jim, not sorry. Uh, I uh, it, So 1990, the first marriage for uh, men was 26, women 23. So I mean it's it's going up quickly. This is not this right. is not something that's just like oh well these things kind of change over time. It's happening. It's happening really fast. Um, and so uh, our, our culture really is shifting. And so what does the Bible say to that? What do, how do we uh, think on these things? And this is something honestly that is obviously is always a really kind of uh, difficult thing, sort of a touchy thing to talk about. Um, and I think in part that has to do with the fact that churches are continually talking about marriage so much. We're continually, um, you know, I, I've always thought it really interesting when you see churches that have family in the name, uh, like, uh, you know, Family Worship Center or a mm-hmm. large church in South Florida. Now that's changed its name from a First Baptist church to Family Church. Like, I, I just wonder how that, how does that work when uh, when you realize that a lot of the people sitting in the in the uh, pews each week uh, are are there in uh, from a from a home where they are single I think it's negligent it feels like there's a a real large portion of any church that's going to be made up of people who are unmarried and so that could be for any number of reasons but the the fact is that they're there and so I don't think we want to do anything to intentionally uh, exclude uh, a group of people like this. And so I don't think that the Bible has a necessarily negative stance on people who are single at all. I think the Bible is very favorable in its treatment of people who are unmarried. Sure. I think 1 Corinthians 7 is a, is a powerful passage of Scripture. When you think about the impact that a singular focus can have on the kingdom, uh, and you know, considering that uh, if you want to be free from trouble, the Apostle Paul says, uh, "Don't get married because uh, that's gonna that's going to bring with it a whole set of uh, problems and circumstances that uh, you're just going to be not not in a negative sense, but you're just going to be divided. Your attention is going to be divided uh, when we need to pursue the kingdom of God and its advance with urgency and singleness. In a lot of ways, frees that to happen, frees us up for that to happen. So it doesn't feel like singleness is treated with a lot of dignity." Uh, in our churches. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, you know, to go along with what you're saying, singleness is something like you can celebrate a life that is set apart for the purpose of building a kingdom. Like that's actually really noble uh, a thing to do. And so just like you're saying, 
Paul seems to be a fan of that. Right. And that is super helpful. Like where you could be in a place to devote all of your energy and time to whatever God has called you to. Obviously there is a lot of value in that. Here's if I could take issue with, uh, with one of the points that the article may unintentionally make. Yeah. So it begins by giving you all of these stats of how long people are waiting to get married. Right. So it says that people are waiting to get married until they're, in this case, almost 30, right. uh, mid-20s. And that used to be not be the case. I think that there is a, a large group who would say, I'm not waiting to get married intentionally. If it were up to me, I am praying, I am asking God. Yeah. I would love to get married tomorrow. And so we got to speak to both sides of singleness here, people who are waiting to get married because they're wanting to put something off that they maybe should start doing sooner than later. And then those who are, they are single and wish they weren't. Yeah. The impact of, uh, you know, he addresses kind of from uh, both genders, the impact on masculinity of uh, just uh, the, the fact that we're not, we have no bias toward action anymore, right? Men are delaying uh, in a, in a passive sense, uh, often men in their 20s are just delaying. They're not taking action, um, you know, with the kind of nobility and dignity and effort that uh, that uh, God might instruct us toward uh, if we know that uh, we're going to pursue marriage one day. And then just the impact of feminism on uh, young women in our culture uh, is, is uh, both these are preventing action, but you're right, Brad. I mean, what, what about, and then, uh, then, you know, how do we take those points of conflict and then really uh, move them toward action steps to, to really say, uh, turn your, turn your attention away from what the world might have to say and, and uh, look at what God would call you up and into, and then how that might impact uh, that demographic of folks who would say, yeah, I want to get married, but it doesn't seem like that's happening right now. Yeah, that's true. And I also was thinking about the fact that like these statistics are, um, they're not taken within the church. They're taken countrywide. So when we see uh, that the average person is getting married at age 29, that is, uh, there are a lot of reasons for that beyond either of those two. Either you're setting yourself apart for the purpose of God's ministry, or you desire to be married and that just hasn't happened yet. There's also this whole other category because like this measurement is taken of the whole country of people who are in, um, you know, they're just hooking up. That's like way more common now than it was 20, even 20 years ago. Um, or uh, they're using, in some senses, it's probably something we'll talk about in the future, but they'll use, they're using technology in many ways to supplement a actual relationship. So like there are other reasons too. Uh, I think probably the church has a unique set of of people who are single, and it's probably really important that we address those people specifically and like where those people are at. Because I think, like you're saying, a lot of those people probably would say they would prefer to get married one day, right? Yeah, and we also, you know, you have uh, the whole subject of divorcees as well. So you have people in our churches who were married before, sometimes even single moms, single dads, and. Uh, really with uh, a, a tendency toward not knowing exactly where to fit in, in the process. And um, and the the scripture, we believe God would himself uh, speak a lot of hope and a lot of encouragement uh, to people in that situation. Do you say that there's different um, advice or counsel that you would give to a single man uh, versus a single woman? 
think it would revolve around the same theme, but it would be different advice. So it would be, uh, uh, it's time to, I mean, to a single man, uh, you know, who, uh, are you saying in a date, who's dating someone and maybe interested in pursuing marriage possibly one day? The guy who's, you know, he's, he's a Christian and he comes in your office and he says, I'm, you know, I want to be discipled. You tell me, you know, I'm submitting to our church and so you tell me what to do. I want to be a godly man and a healthy contributor to the local body. When it comes to relationships, what would you tell that guy? Yeah, I would tell him, uh, and I can think of one situation in particular, you know, like uh, remove a lot of the question and just in some ways go for it. Like if you're pursuing a female or you're wondering, I mean, when you approach your mid-20s and uh, you're thinking, I want to get married, but I don't see a, I don't see the perfect woman around me, well, then it's probably time to kind of knock yourself down a notch and find somebody who uh, who you can love and serve really well, and you're less concerned about them, uh, how they're going to love and serve you. Now, I don't think that means we want to marry outside, uh, you know, compatibility as it relates to spiritual maturity, but I, I do think it's wise to say, go ahead and step forward. Like, unless you sense God is calling you to be single for a long time with a really specific purpose— then uh, it's okay for you to look really hard at who might be around you right now. Yeah, and I would also say that in while you're in the period of singleness, um, the most important thing you can probably do is to engage in a different kind of community. So you may not be in a relationship that is every single day with the same significant other, but community is an aspect of all believers. It's actually a really crucial component of a healthy Christianity. And so... Um, the, I think probably the biggest pain of singleness is loneliness, right? Where you you feel lonely. And I think part of that is probably just our individualistic culture. And so maybe finding a way to return back to uh, a more like community-centered culture within the church is probably the best thing that could happen for people who are single. Um, and so, it, you know, whatever it takes, find a way to connect with other people who are in a similar stage of life, I would say. Yeah, and as church leaders, you know, this is not a... Uh, we realize a lot of this initiative kind of falls on some of us. And uh, to be honest, it's something that's really hard. You know, people in so many different situations and different backgrounds. And um, I mean, we really want community to make a lot of, a lot of sense for all of us. And it's something that's really hard to do. Uh, one thing we're, we're going to uh, attempt is on Sunday morning, February 25th, we do have a lab on singleness that Brett's going to be leading, and we do want to address some of those different stages of life and thoughts of uh, what's a way forward in that. So uh, if you're around the Morristown area, I'd love for you to join us at 11 a.m. When I say join us, I mean join Brett uh, at 11 a.m. on February 25th. Thanks for listening to this episode of the 10-Minute Think-Through. If you enjoyed our podcast, please take a moment to rate us on the iTunes or Android podcast store. You can find all of our episodes and submit a topic request on our website, 10minutethinkthrough.com.